This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawl, crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I ought to dust off my driver's seat. No, I, I'll, I'll never go back. Uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. Yeah. I'm too old. I mean, there's a lot. Of, there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horseman to the inside. He's got Max Stambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horseman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Joe Mustard, driver of the Hills Racing 47. This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome to Horsepower Happenings on a beautiful Monday. Oh my goodness, was it nice in the state of Michigan. Why wasn't I at a racetrack? That is to be determined, but oh, it's going to be coming up very soon. Um, And uh, we got a lot to talk about tonight, so let's get into it. First things first, it's the Motor City Minute. Kyle Larson had all but one Sunday's Folds of Honor Quick Quick Trip 500 from Atlanta Motor Speedway in the NASCAR Cup Series, but out of seemingly nowhere, Ryan Blaney snuck in to capture the W. Jonathan Davenport bagged $50,000 at the end of 40 laps around Bristol Motor Speedway. Davenport snuck around Kyle Larson with just a handful of laps to go to get the win. I see a theme for Kyle Larson developing, and he's not going to be happy about it. Greg Sanderley dominated again at Port Royal Speedway on Sunday, picking up the ULMS. Racing Series $4,000 feature win. And in case you missed it, as we talk about Bristol Dirt, Mike Marler, the regular with the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, looking to make his Cup Series debut this weekend on the dirt at Bristol. Those things and much more happening tonight. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from the Social Distance Horsepower Happening Studio. Uh, Richard, welcome in. Glad to have you. You know what? I can't give you a hard time today. It was a beautiful day. Yes, it was. Uh, 70 degrees it hit over here on the east side. Uh, sun was out. Uh, I, I made extra trips out of the office today just to go stand <laughs> out in the sun. Yeah, we hit 71 here in uh, Quincy Township. And, man, what a beautiful day it was. And it just gets me fired up. We've got racing coming up this weekend. We'll tell you about that coming up. Two great interviews lined up tonight. But, Rich, we do have some news to get through first. Yep, Zach, uh, just released today with the pandemic in a seemingly fluid situation these days. Um, officials at Flat Rock and Toledo Speedways have announced schedule adjustments based on the current orders in each state. Uh, at Toledo, adjustments were made for the Sunday, May 22nd. Hers Potato Chips 200 featuring the Arkham Menard Series. Uh, two of the track's house divisions will also compete on the card. Uh, the Arca Factory Stocks will stage a feature only at 5 p.m prior to general tire pole qualifying for the Menard series, uh, the Arca late model sportsman will see their green flag fly at 6 30 PM with the hers potato chips, 200 scheduled, take the green flag at eight o'clock, uh, Toledo's first, uh, event of 2021 is the central Avenue truck parts school bus figure eight event on Sunday afternoon, May 16th, the factory stocks and late model sportsmen are also on that card along with a boat figure eight. No, we're not racing actual boat, Zach. We're pulling them <laughs> on a trailer, okay? The fans love it. It'll be a real good time. 
Um, also announced um, until further notice, advanced ticket sales for events at the Glass City Oval will go on sale 30 days prior to each event if you want advanced tickets. Uh, spectator gates will open at noon for that event, and the first green flag will drop at 2 p.m. Uh, as for the Flat Rock Speedway, uh, their first three events, May 1st, May 8th, and May 15th, will all have special Saturday afternoon start times of 4 p.m. Officials have also announced that the Vault Enduro 250, originally scheduled for June 19th, will now take place on June 12th. That event, uh, now the Corrigan Race Fuels 400, will feature the 250-lap Enduro, a 100-lap street stock feature event uh, for the Arca Street Stocks, along with the 25-lap features for the MCR Dwarf Cars, which will be the Steve Martin Memorial and the Bandoleros. Uh, the TKC go-karts will also stage an exhibition prior to that event. And as for the June 19th event, the street stocks will now join a card that will feature the Arca CRA Super Series for the Van Dorn Racing Development 100. The CRA Junior Late Models and the Bandoleros will also be in action that day. And it was also announced, Zach, that the ticket office and the spectator gates will open two hours prior to each race event until further notice, tickets will be sold on a first-come, first-served basis due to fan restrictions. And uh, advanced ticket sales will be available for Flat Rock's two school bus figure eight events, uh, July 3rd and September 4th. Those tickets will be available for purchase 30 days prior to each event. And uh, Zach, with the ever-changing executive orders occurring, you can stay up to date on the latest information at both tracks, by logging on to www.toledospeedway.com or flatrockspeedway.com. Well, we got to watch some racing last night, courtesy of the uh, MAV TV Plus, and it was not far away either. Some folks from around the area made the trip as the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series stormed into southern Ohio for a rare Sunday night appearance at Atomic Speedway. All 29 cars on the property were granted a starting spot for the Buckeye Spring 50. Kyle Strickler, fresh off his dirt car UMP modified win at Bristol, and Devin Moran led the field to the green flag. The race was on for the second spot behind... Uh, the one and only Hudson O'Neill, with Moran and Strickler throwing slide jobs on each other at the uh, opposite ends of the speedway. As those two danced around the track, Tanner English and Tim McCready also threw their names into the ring for a shot at the podium, and things quickly changed when on lap 19, Strickler blew a right rear tire in turn three, forcing a yellow flag. Another pair of cautions would slow the race, but they would prove no match for O'Neill. In fact, a caution at the halfway point for a spinning Clint Keenan could have potentially saved O'Neill's race as McCready had a run to the inside of O'Neill down the backstretch when the caution flew. The race was slowed two final times on lap 47 for Ricky Thornton Jr., who high-sided on the exit of turn two, and for Joe Gonse on lap 48. O'Neill went on to capture the $12,000 prize and is now the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series championship points leader for the first time in his career. And Rich, here's a cool note out of that race. O'Neill's win came with some extra help on Sunday, uh, thanks to the University of Northwest Ohio, also known as UNO. Student and race car driver himself, Mason Bevard, was on O'Neill's crew, gaining knowledge about the super late models and how to win races. Bevard, a former feature winner and rookie of the year at Butler Motor Speedway, right here in Quincy.
That's really cool. Yeah. I did see them down there. They had a picture taken. Uh, they had three other uh, gentlemen from the school, I guess. They split them up between four teams, so I thought that was really cool. And I should mention, too, modified driver and uh, Michigan native Bryce Nichols was a part of that crew as well, and I'm not sure. He may have ended up on McCready's team, so a couple of uh, Michigan region guys getting a shot on the big leagues uh, for the crew chief's uh, position, if you will. <laughs> Well, Zach, uh, if we can go back to pavement for just a minute, uh, go figure, right? Uh, Team Platinum has signed Cody Swanson to compete in additional super and pro late model events this year after his performance down at at the World Series of Auto Racing at at New Smyrna Speedway, including select Arca Serie Super Series and Jeg Serie All-Stars Tour events, along with other premier late model races, the Dayton, Ohio-based team, uh, and the Indianapolis-based driver will finalize their schedule soon, working races in between Swanson's previous commitment with another Ohio-based team, uh, Doran Racing, to compete in the pavement USAC Silver Crown events and select uh, asphalt sprint car races throughout 2021. Yeah, you want to guarantee that you get a sign-on in a pavement ride? Go ahead and go out there on your first commitment and win races. <laughs> That's the way to do it. <laughs> Well, let's go back to the dirt. We like to keep it balanced. The season is now officially underway for Attica Raceway Park in Attica, Ohio, a race that typically serves as the break-in event for many in the Great Lakes region. Saw over 70 cars on property with an early start time in order to beat the chilly March weather. In the Dirt Car UMP Late Models, 20 cars lined up for their first look at Attica Raceway Park. Ryan Markham and Colin Shipley took the uh, green flag side by side, and it wasn't long until that got disrupted. Um, It was a mostly uneventful feature event. Markham never looked back, surviving just a few restarts, and Shipley began to mount a challenge one time during the race, but his progress was halted by a caution flag, and then Rusty Schlenk would throw his name into the uh, ring as he would eventually get around his Domination Race Cars teammate Shipley, but could not find the speed that he needed to pass Markham. Uh, Schlenk held on for second in that event. Shipley third, Casey Noonan fourth, and Devin Shields rounded out the top five. Um, Also on property were sprint cars. Hunter Schoenberg won the 410 sprint car feature, while Paul Weaver uh, won the 305s, in which we had a couple of HPH regional drivers down at Attica for their season opener. Um, Josh Turner was there in the 410 sprints. He came home 13th. Ryan Roll and Zane DeVault had a tough night. Uh, Ryan, I'm not sure what happened to Ryan. He dropped out uh, of that race after one of, I think he dropped out after the open red, actually. And Zane DeVault, I think, got pegged with a two-caution rule. Late models, Rusty Slank and Colin Shipley, as we said. Casey Noonan, Devin Shields. Also, Mike Vandermark was down there. Eric Spangler, they finished 6th and 7th, respectively. And Greg Goki with a tough day finishing in 14th. But a couple of Michigan region drivers getting their work in at Attica. Well, you know, we were up at you know we were up at the bowling tournament. It was just a little bit too far for us to make the B line uh, down to Attica. I think we might have made it just for feature time if we'd have left on time. <laughs> yeah, if we'd have, if we'd have tried that, you know for sure the show would have just moved right along, and we wouldn't have been able to make any races at all. Uh, hey, we got to take a break. We got a full show lined up. We're going to talk with uh, Big Ed Inlows on the other side, plus Andy Galgosi, Tony Izzo, all lined up here on tonight's episode of Horsepower Happening. Stay tuned. The Michigan racing season is getting underway on the wild side on Friday and Saturday, April 2nd and 3rd. It's the Player Hater Wild West Shootout presented by Lane Automotive from Winston Speedway. 
catch some of Michigan's best drivers all in one spot during a true two-day show. On Friday, Super Late Models will set the starting lineup with qualifying and heat race action, plus heats and specials for Pro Late Models, IMCA Modifieds, Street Stocks, and more. Then on Saturday, $3,000 is on the line for the Super Late Models for the first Michigan event of the season. Plus, two grand is on the table for the Modifieds. Play your cards right and get to Winston Speedway April 2nd and 3rd for the Player Hater Wild West Shootout. For more information, log on to racewinstonspeedway.com. Winston Speedway, just off US 31 in Rothbury, Michigan. Probably unlikely to see him at Winston, let's just be honest. Uh, but it is our pleasure now to welcome in a friend of the program and uh, somebody that we have the pleasure of working with very closely. Rich, let us know who we're talking with. Yeah, Zach, he was a longtime voice of the Spartan Speedway, now for 2021. He has a new gig. We'll talk about that. Uh, it was great to catch up with him this weekend at the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club Bowling Tournament. Uh, his friends call him Big Ed. Ed Enlos, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Thank you, gentlemen. Glad to be here. Man, uh, before we get into how much fun we had this weekend, uh, you have a bitty, pr- bitty, pretty big change for 2021 for you. And uh, I know you can't wait to get started. Uh, tell everybody what you got going on. Um, yeah, well, I spent the last 17 years at Spartan slash Corrigan Oil Speedway and uh, working for Jim Leisure the whole time. Uh, Jim sold the track to Tom Hearn, the junior. He's been on the show here before, and we know all about that. And uh, Tom decided to go a different way, and uh, no problems with that. Um, Fred Lynch from Dixie got a hold of me right away, and uh, I talked to him, and man, he's got an exciting schedule, good race in there and stuff, and it was hard for me to say no. So I jumped right aboard the uh, Birch Run Event Center uh, team there, and uh, I couldn't be happier. I am excited. You know, I mean, I'm not trying to downplay anything uh, with Spartan or anything like that, but when you're in one place for that long, you, you kind of get set in maybe a little bit and stuff, you know, and and uh, not that I wanted, I was looking to leave or anything, but that's just the way things turned out, but at first, it was like, hmm, not so sure about this. But then, like you guys said, it, it is, it's, it's exciting. You know, I, I, I am definitely excited about looking at this season, a, a new track, new people, new cars. Uh, yeah, it's uh, I probably haven't felt this in quite a long time, you know, about good 15, 20 years. So, yeah, it's uh, I am I'm very excited about this opportunity. And also something new for this season, which uh which is also pretty cool. You're going to jump on board and help us out here on Horsepower Happenings as a contributor uh, from time to time when you have the time. Um, we appreciate your willingness to come on board and provide your insight and and also some stories uh, that we're going to post. Well, um, the bottom line behind me joining you guys is I believe in y'all, you know? Well, I appreciate I mean, that. Thank I, you. I, I was sold, you know? Um, you know, it's you know, at first, I really didn't know that much about it. I'll be honest. I'm not the most cyber savvy individual in the state of Michigan. And um, but I'm not the worst either, I don't think. But anyways, <laughs> you know, I, I I wasn't that aware of. And to be honest with you, as a race fan, I have missed not having my uh, Midwest racing scene or some periodical coming to my house sign. I know it's the day of the internet and stuff. And you look for the stories and stuff on there, but guys, it's just not the same. This, this website, our podcast uh, that goes on here is so needed in this area. And, you know, I didn't realize how much I kind of missed writing and stuff. Cause that's kind of how I got started 
with Bob Applegate in the Late Model Digest back in those days. You know, I used to chase the Iceman series around and interview oh, drivers man. and write the stories and I uh, had the column for, for uh, that, that uh, magazine also. And then got into the Midwest racing scene. I was writing a column for Terry. I was doing a lot of announcing at local short tracks. So didn't have time to cover a lot of races then. But, you know, and with you guys, it looks like and it feels like I'm going to get to do a little bit of everything, you know. And it's just it, that's also exciting for me, you know, because it's uh, revitalized those juices that have just been sitting there neutral for a good five, six, seven, eight years, if not more, because there really hasn't been any place to contribute to. <laughs> yeah. So, Thank you for the opportunity in that, too. Oh, we're happy to have you on board. And, uh, you know, the legendary Big Ed Inlows is only going to improve our brand as well. So we're going to ride that pony as long as we can. Uh, But you talked about doing things, uh, just doing more things within the industry, Big Ed. And, man, we got a chance to join our buddy Chuck Darling, who is just so absolutely exhausted. He couldn't join us tonight because he put on one whale of an event over the weekend, Ed, and uh, who knew so many people from racing could figure out how to throw a ball down a lane and knock some things over? Yeah, we've, we've kind of been on to this one for a little while, though, Zach. You know, we've uh, Chuck and I, this was our baby. This is our brain trust, if you will, from, you know, what, 1999, 2000. Mm. We just was looking for something. We wanted to get the bowling folks that we had together. Those were the early days of the uh, Michigan Short Track Racing Club, too. And, uh, in the middle of winter, we did nothing. You know, you race for five, six months, and then you sit around and watch it snow, you know? And it was like, well, we need to do something. And we impromptu threw this tournament together. And it just so happened that same weekend, right before our tournament, um, uh, a driver in the uh, Clio area, I'm trying to remember who it is off the top of my head. I want to say Buck Harson, I believe, had a garage fire and lost everything. And so what, all the money that we, that we raised for, we, we repaid for the bowling. And then, and then we actually put more money in, we gave to him and that started the whole charity out, man. And, um, from there we've grown, grown when the club died, the tournament died a little bit, but the, um, Michigan auto racing fan club revived it four years ago. And now it's getting stronger than ever. Um, we only had 32 bowlers. Now, I only say only had because we've in the past have had a lot more and just we expected more for, for this one. But it still was a great turnout and people uh, um, spent money on stuff for the, and donated. And we really did good things for a couple of worthy charities. Um, the breakdown, because I know we probably don't have a lot of time. We had 32 bowlers. Um, along with the fee we got from that, the raffle prize table, the cash raffles that, oh, by the way, Zach and his wife won and gave their winnings back, donated it. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Dumb donations uh, um, along with the Tony Stewart diecast that Thomas Stump Big donated, got $50. Uh, the Mid- Midwest Classic Racers donated $100. Uh, you guys donated $100. And Jeff Finley from Northside, uh, $250. Um, Dixie Speedway, Fred Lynch gave uh, free admission to every uh, bowler that came there, plus some more for the uh, prize raffle table. And along with all that money we raised, all the bowlers, it came up to $1,268, which half goes to the Wounded Warriors Fund and the other half to the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club Benevolent Fund. Man, that is so awesome, and uh, we I, I'm speaking on behalf of Rich and Scott, and Rich, you can weigh in too, but uh, we had a lot of fun, and, and man, we were honored to be a part of that event. 
I did too, you know, and I and I did I actually won something, and I knew we I was it wasn't going to be on the bowling side <laughs> because I I was going to be a a, a lead a lead sled to my partner, yeah. but uh, I knew that was happening. But uh, no, I, I apparently I was the one who drove the furthest to come to the event. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and, and I got uh, I, I got a little award from from Beacon Sales and Service, so that was that was nice as well. We had a great time. Yeah. You and John Jackson actually tied for the distance there. You both got the uh, $25 from Beacons. Um, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention these two. The men's high score was Jeffrey Brennan with a 266. The women's high score was Teresa Beckner with a 257. And wouldn't you know it, they were partners. <laughs> Isn't that how and, that works? And, and then needless to say, they won um, the um, – team event then also with a total of 984 that's just stupid just <laughs> stupid for a charity bowling tournament I'm, I'm i'm going to put forward something next year that we have a non-beckner winning group too because through the years if there's one thing that if your name beckner related to the beckner family that you can drive a race car at Corrigan Oil Speedway and you can bowl oh man, man. they, they are, they're historically always just tearing up. I thought I had a chance. And then I walked down a few lanes and went, Oh, Oh God, mm. no chance at all. So, <laughs> but they got a trophy. They got 25 bucks, uh, speedway gas card also. And um, for the women's high score, uh, Cindy Kramer kicked in $50 for Teresa. She also did the same thing for the women's low score, which was our Greg Yost award. Also that went to Sophia Curtis and this should make you two feel real good. She bowled a 10. Oh, we had her on our lanes, Ed, and she was right next to you, and that poor girl, she was trying, and actually I got a chance to talk with, um, oh, and their name slipped me, but anyhow, the adults, and it was not my wife, it was not me, it was not Rich, we were not the adults of that area, but the adults that were monitoring that area said they believed that was Sophia's first time bowling, so... Hey, she improved. She got a 10 the first game, and then she came back a little stronger, I think, with like a 42 the second game, so she improved quickly. Right, with, with you two right across from her on the scoreboard, it made your guys' scores look real good. Oh, man, anything that we can get to help us make us <laughs> look good, we needed it. Well, Ed, it was a pleasure to uh, to go down and see you, or to go up in our case and see you guys um, at Lansing in Lansing, and we appreciate everything that uh, they did to get us in at uh, the Scott uh, Bowl and Golf there in Lansing, and uh, really appreciate your work as well with this, uh, Ed and, and Chuck, of course, who couldn't be here tonight. Um, man, great work, great efforts. It was a lot of fun, and hopefully we can do it again next year. Yeah, I see no reason why not. I think the people from uh, Royal Scott were pretty pleased. Uh, we didn't have any trouble or anything like that. Everything went real smooth. Um, I would just like to see more bowlers. That's the only thing. they got plenty of room there, that's for sure. It's a very nice spot, a lot bigger than Capital Bowl that we've been used to over the past 10 years or so. So it's uh, we got room for lots more people is what I'm thinking. There you go. Well, Big Ed, uh, we appreciate you joining us tonight to give us a recap of bowling and to let us know where you're going to be. It's exciting to uh, get a chance to maybe see you at the Big O or the Dixie at Birch Run, um, and we look forward to seeing you somewhere this summer for sure. Well, come on. You know where I'm going to be, man, and uh, hopefully look for me on Horsepower Happenings too. So, you know. Well, thanks, Big Ed, for the recap on the uh, the bowling and the money side of things. And, and Rich, among those awards, uh, they did a great thing. I thought this was really awesome. Um, the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club and Chuck and Ed, they handed out an award 
at this event to uh, to one of the Michigan, not even promoters, Rich, but really a key person in some racetrack operations. Yeah, Zach, um, you know, if everybody remembers back, uh, you know, Galesburg Speedway had a rough time. You know, they got started okay, but then they <clears throat> kind of got uh, shut down by their health department. And uh, they were pretty unique in the way that, uh, you know, they got they continued their season with Galesburg Presents M40 Speedway. And uh, and they honored Kevin England. And uh, we caught up to Kevin at the bowling bank, at the bowling tournament. Well, Rich, we're, we're here. We're having fun already as uh, we play this back on a Monday. And our very first stop was a guy who's already got an award here tonight. Yeah, we caught up with uh, Kevin England from the Galesburg Speedway. And uh, uh, he got the Chris Dog Martin Spirit Award presented by Talon RV. Um, Kevin, that's a pretty cool deal. Uh, uh, as much as you know everybody's out here to support the michigan auto racing fan club uh haven't been able to do this kind of stuff in a year or so no we certainly haven't been able to get together i mean even last year at the beginning of the pandemic what are we going on a full year now yeah um i mean and the stress is it hasn't went away for, for the racetrack owners uh we're still dealing with covid we're still dealing with orders constitutional or unconstitutional you know, we'll let the courts decide on that. Mm -hmm. uh, they have opened it up a little bit. It's looking like we're we're, we're going to be looking around a thousand people, I guess, uh, which which we can make happen. Uh, might have to rearrange the schedule a little bit. Don't know. Have to take a look at it. And wait. Well, you know, April nineteenth is the date where we should get the next set of orders, which happens to be a week before Galesburg opens. Uh, I know a few of the tracks, especially in this area. I know uh, Springport will be opening before then. Uh, maybe one or two other ones. I don't got the schedule in front of me, so but you know we're definitely excited to get back to halfway normal. Um, well, Kevin, I want to talk to you about this award specifically because the work you guys did last year between you and Galesburg and M40, uh, you guys had to call an audible. People will remember about midseason, and you know it didn't look like you guys were going to be able to finish your season, and then all of a sudden Galesburg presents M40. Man, how did you guys put that together? Well, that that was a lot of work. Um, you know, we we had some miscommunication between the health department and galesburg speedway on what we were and weren't allowed to do uh they didn't really understand what was going on um you know and then you had you know of course we, we share the county with another track they're being told one thing we're being told another thing it was creating a lot of a lot of issues and then finally the state you know gave them clarification on what we were allowed to do which effectively shut us down mm -hmm. um well <clears throat> with uh, working with uh, Tom Hartzell with the Auto Value uh, bumper to bumper super sprints, he lives in Cass County. He he made some phone calls to some friends, and it became, you know, we 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 got the idea that we could we could open in Cass County, uh, since there were other counties in the state allowing tracks to run, you know. Uh, their tracks some of the dirt tracks were open in counties so we knew it was a county about county so we, we we found a county that would let us open made a few phone calls uh kevin and tanya down at m40 they worked with us to get it open and then uh eddie santora and angel and the whole crew went down there to m40 and it hadn't ran in over a year so there was a lot of cleaning to do we got it open and and we gave people a place to race uh, that's that's what our most important thing was to make sure that racing stayed vibrant in Michigan and we kept people excited about it. And that that's pretty much how it all went down. Is this something now we know you're gonna have Galesburg back this year. Um, anything on this are you guys gonna do any special shows over at M40 just so you keep that going or or was that just to get you through 2020 and uh, now you can go back and do your own thing uh, at your track at Galesburg? 
Well, that's more the business side that Eddie and Angel deal. They handle that part of it. Uh, that I'm aware of. I don't know that we're going to have any events at M40. Uh, I know we have a full schedule at Galesburg Speedway. Uh, that's where my focus is right now. But if something were to come up with M40, we'd definitely post it on our Facebook page and our website and put it on our schedule. Well, Kevin, congratulations, man. And, and yep. not a more well-deserving, I think, individual to, to you know roll with the punches and, and make the audibles and everything. And Kevin, uh, congratulations. We look forward to seeing you at the racetrack very soon. Awesome. Thank you guys very much. And keep up the good work. You guys are helping pro with this sport. I appreciate it. I'm sure everybody else does too. Well, what a great story that Kevin has. And, and Rich, at this point... It looks promising, but still, we hope and pray that something like that doesn't have to happen again. You could kind of hear it, and you could tell by talking with Kevin, he just wants to get back to Galesburg and race at his home track. Yeah, he surely doesn't want to have to go through that two years in a row, and and maybe they won't have to, you know, have to deal with it um, if everything goes as how everybody thinks. Um, we might be all right. It might take a while, but uh, they'll be able to race every week. They just won't have a full house. So, uh, just like many places, so we'll have to see how it goes. All right, well, let's continue our conversation about racing. I know we could go all night with Big Ed. He's got so much information, and he's been doing this for a long time, but we uh, we have a schedule to keep, Rich. And so with that, introduce us to our first guest tonight. Well, Zach, this gentleman just made his way back from uh, competing in the Bristol Dirt Nationals. Uh, he can normally be seen throughout the summer wheeling his number 13 modified, oh, in the Tri-City Merritt area. Uh he makes his home in Fenton, Michigan. Andy Galgosi, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Andy, for any just let's let's get uh, just touch on your experience for just a little bit. For anybody that didn't see your cool video this weekend, um, kind of tell us how you got started uh, racing around Michigan. Um, well, I've been around the racetrack my whole life um, since I was little. My grandpa used to race. Um, my uncle raced um, circle track, street stock stuff. Uh, my dad drag race, so I kind of came from a horsepower family, I guess you would call it. Um, at the racetrack, Mount Pleasant Speedway, ever since I was little, um, we always lived a couple miles from there. And when I was younger, I was when I decided I really wanted to try it. And 13 years old was the, the age you had to be to race four cylinders. And so when I turned 13, we built a Ford Pinto and I guess the rest is history. Um, we race all around Mount Pleasant. Um, we go up to Merritt a few times, kind of stick close to home. And from there, it just kind of took off. Now, from everything that I've seen, it looks like you had a lot of fun at Bristol. But from also, also from what I saw, um, it was a little serious and at times somewhat dangerous. How did you balance uh, fun with avoiding what a lot of other drivers were unable to avoid? And that was junking perfectly good race cars. Uh, well, the first thing I did was stay off of Facebook. I learned because uh, it's not a bad, first, not a bad decision. <laughs> yeah, everything, everything, everybody was posting was the videos and the pictures, and we were, you know, we were pitted way out by the drag strip, so we couldn't just go casually watch the races. So when you would check for updates, that was all you were seeing. So. Everybody kind of stayed off of Facebook. Um, we would see what was coming through the pits during the races. Um, but then you just got to remember just to kind of watch, you know, watch yourself. Um, we learned that it's not, it wouldn't have been your fault. It's what happens in front of you and everything that just comes at you so quick there that you really just had to hope for the best, honestly. 
And so you keep, it sounds like you kind of kept your head down and put the blinders on, man, focused on what you could do, what you could control, and what you could control was that number 13 car, and man, you you were really close, in my opinion. You guys showed speed down there at Bristol. Um, how long did it take you to get acclimated with that track? Um, honestly, the whole week. Um, I could have used one more day. Uh, we struggled. The track was I've never seen anything like that track before. Um, you know, we've raced at Eldora a bunch. We've been to Tazewell, Tennessee. Uh, we've been to all the high bank, high speed tracks. And that was the most crazy, you know, it was wild. I've never seen anything like it before. And so, uh, talking to a couple people before practice on Sunday, they kind of told me what to expect. Um, just with the speed and the air and that helped a lot. And from there it was just, knock the rust off the driver um kind of figure out what we could do with the car to make it faster um talking to i talked to cj rayburn a lot throughout the week on the phone and he knew kind of what we were going through and so not really setup wise on the car but he was telling me a lot how to drive that place and i honestly just needed one more day you know talking to him all week if we had one more day i think we would have been a lot more dangerous than we were um but keeping keeping the car in one piece was a win for us, definitely. <laughs> and uh, pa- you know, we passed cars in every tra- every race we were in, so you really can't be mad at that. I got to ask you this: uh, one thing, and, and Rich and I are former drivers and followers of the show know that. But the one thing I've never driven is a modified, so I don't know. Um, but those cars looked so snappy out of control, and I don't think that a lot of the guys you were racing with are bad race car drivers. But, man, if those chassis got upset at all, even going down the straightaway, they looked like they were a handful. Um, what was that about? Was it the speed? Was it the surface? Was it the banking? Why were these cars so seemingly out of control so often? My my first um, experience with that was on Sunday when we were practicing. Um, and it was, I, was, I was told it was going to happen before we pulled onto the track. Uh, the air going up underneath the nose of those race cars. I don't know if it's because they're not sealed as much as a late model nose. There's not as much downforce. But when you got to the end of the straightaway, it would almost pick the front end of that car off the ground. And it would kind of pick the front end up off the ground and then shot it straight right towards the wall. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, I was expecting it. Um, and that's one of the some of the advice that DJ told me was you have you had to lift the way those cars were set up because then it would plant the nose and keep the air from flying up underneath the car. And that was a big, a big help to my Bristol experience. It really, um, helped us put down some faster lap times. Well, because one of the things just watching from the uh, race XR coverage from what we could see and what we could tell, um, man, if you ever so much as if someone even sniffed your race car out on the racetrack, it looked like they were going to be in trouble. And they kept saying in the broadcast, air has meant more this week than it's ever meant in short track racing. And, uh, you know, we don't have many half miles around Michigan to play on anymore. Um, So was there anything... Was that a steep learning curve, I guess, is the question. Did you have to do a lot of aerodynamic learning and working on that race car, or was it still just get in and drive and do the best that you can? Um, I mean, absolutely, it was a learning curve. Um, I've never felt air like that before. Um, you know, you have, like, the half-miles Eldora Volusia, which I guess you can feel it, but that was 
you get on that racetrack and you get single file side by side with her, you know, single file or side by side with somebody, you can feel that air pushing that car around. And honestly, I had to take everything I knew from the half miles I've raced on, which are Eldora and Volusia, and just throw it out the window because that once those cars got so spaced out, air was everything. And I never really figured that out until later on in the week that it was such a big deal. And, but now looking back on it, you know, it's, it's really nothing we could have done, you know, aerodynamic wise mm-hmm. on the car. You know, I guess the body is there and there's really nothing else we could have done other than maybe, you know, construct a new body in the pit. <laughs> but it was, it was, uh, it was a pretty big learning curve and it was definitely something that I'm going to remember, you know, from here on out, whether, you know, I don't know on the smaller tracks, how big of a, a big of a deal that arrow is, mm-hmm. I guess, but I can't imagine it was, I can't imagine arrow being a big deal at Merritt Speedway. <laughs> That's, I was always told, um, like the spoilers on the crate cars. Um, I always didn't think they were that big of a deal. I raced UMP modifieds with a spoiler. And then when I was going to school at UNOH was the year that we removed the spoilers on UMP mods. And I never noticed that big of a difference, but Joey Fowler always told me that when you're driving down the expressway, stick your hand out the window and just feel the air dragging on your hand. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, times that by four feet, five feet long, and it makes a difference. Well, and I guess the the other thing is, are we talking about drafting dirt car UMP late models right now? Is that what we're just discussing? (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's what it felt like out on Bristol. You could definitely tell when you're behind somebody or beside somebody. Now, Andy, I, I, I was really able to catch a lot of the action um, last week. And if you could have seen me, I was screaming into my TV, drive it like a pavement track, drive it like a pavement track. Um, but one, one thing I did notice is when there was an incident on a straightaway, nine times out of ten, it was always a big one. Nobody could get woed up. Uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> that was my that was my biggest fear was that uh, you're just going so fast and things are happening so quick that if something stopped in front of you, you didn't have very much time to react. And if you did have time to react, um, you didn't have very much time to stop. Um, we were talking about that all week. Was the big carnage was in like the crate late models and the crate modified. Um, we think that it's because that track was so big and they were so equal on horsepower that they were always in a pack together. And so when one car took a spill, it was, they were just, they were in a pack and they didn't have time to slow down. They didn't have time to react. Um, I think the open mods were a little cleaner and because we had, there was such a horsepower speed difference between the fastest car to the slowest car that we could get spaced out a little bit. So when there was an incident, um, it wasn't the whole field. It was, you know, you know, that's kind of sad to say, but at least it was only half the field that uh, got piled in because we were spaced out a little. We had a little more time to react than those crate cars. Now, I mentioned this uh, just a little bit ago, but I saw the video you submitted to XR, and, and I thought it was really cool. You did a great job, by the way. Um, you seem to really open up on what racing means to you um, and your family as well. How fun was it for, to do that? Oh, it's, I mean, that's, that's why I race, you know, my family got me into it. Um, so I, every, every chance I get to brag about that, I do. Um, you know, my dad has been with me since, you know, day one, he, as soon as I wanted to do it, he was in 
and you know all my old my whole family's come on board the whole time um and you know my family is growing my brother-in-law now with that mini wedge i love watching him i absolutely love watching him race and all of our family friends that have them um that's really why that, that's what keeps me racing um just staying with those people and being around those people you know they they keep me motivated sometimes i get i get down and i get you know too busy to do it and i get wore out but you know it's it's you know I, I just love I love doing it and they they remind me of that all the time. You mentioned uh, not being on Facebook and we're talking with Andy Galgosi, driver of the number thirteen dirt car UMP modified, uh, fresh off his trip at Bristol. You mentioned staying off Facebook while you were down there and social media, but for us back here in Michigan, that was how we tried to stay included and stay involved with what was going on. And it just got very negative as the days went on. Um, Andy, was your experience as negative as social media makes that event out to be? Or were things a little different uh, in the eye of a person who was actually on the grounds? Uh, no, it was it was extremely different. Um, that's like I said. That's I, I stayed off of Facebook all week as much as I could other than posting on our pages to update my family and friends. Um a lot of, you know, a lot of people like wrecks. When you come to races as a fan, you like to see wrecks. Um, as racers, we don't like them for obvious reasons. Um, but I think that's what a lot of people were drawn into. Um, at the racetrack, we saw a lot of tore up stuff. Um, and I, you know, I could feel for those people. You know, if we were in their, in their shoes with a torn up race car, you know, we drove nine hours just to get wrecked, we wouldn't be very happy. And But there was a lot of people who came together to help those who were wrecked that could still, that still had a chance. Um, thankfully nobody got hurt too bad. So it wasn't too much of a, a downer situation around there. Um, that event was amazing. That event was, it was the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Um, as far as pretty much a- any race I've ever been to, uh, let alone a dirt track race, uh, the, the people, the amount of people, the, you know, the vendors, the noises, the sound, it was, it was just an awesome atmosphere to be a part of. Um, our legs are all still sore from the amount of walking we had to do. <laughs> but other than that, um, we had a riot. And we all agreed before we loaded the car up on Saturday that we, if they do it again, we will be back. We will go back. And I think one of the things to remember is we've all been a part of schedule changes on the local level when weather's a factor and weather's moving in. Um, and uh, on the national level, when all the eyes are on you, of course, there's going to be some more criticism. And, and I can only imagine, too, Andy, that officials stayed in contact with the drivers as much as they could and um, really tried to do their best to get everybody some track time and, and get the show in to the best of their ability. Yeah, I, I think they did the best they could. Um, it rained a lot more than a lot of people thought, I think. Um, Wednesday night, it rained all night. Thursday morning, it rained all morning. Um, so even getting that Thursday show in would have been an extreme stretch. Um, it probably would have pushed into Friday. So, you know, because the rain stops and the blue sky's out, but there's still track prep. And a track that size and you know, what they had to deal with. I think that they did the best with what they had to work with. And, you know, I'm a, I'm bummed that we missed out on that day of racing because it would have helped our chances um, coming out of an LCQ. But I'm also, I'm satisfied um, with, you know, being there and seeing the weather. Um, I think that we got as much racing in as we possibly could, and I'm happy about it. 
Well, we're glad to have you back home and uh, glad that you didn't come home with a tore-up race car like some folks unfortunately (laughs) did. And with that fact in mind, Andy, what is going on with you in 2021? What are some goals? Where can we look for you this year? Uh, Well, at the end of last year, we actually decided to put together an IMCA program. Um, We've only ever raced UMP stuff. And Bristol came around, so that kind of went on the back burner. But now that we are home and kind of getting our minds back right on what we got going on, um, I think we're going to look into racing some IMCA, IMCA stuff this year, uh, get a little closer to home. Um, Merritt is really the closest UMP track to us, which is three hours round trip for me now. Oh, man. And so, so Tri-City is about 45 minutes. Um, my little brother-in-law races at Mount Pleasant, so we'll be B-Mod legal to go race there with him. Um, I know he's excited to be at the same track as us. Um, it really just hit, you know, we're going to race hit and miss, um, anywhere we want to go. Um, IMCA stuff, B-Mod stuff. Um, if there's a UMP race, a hell tour race, we're going to pull the old Rayburn back out and go see what she's got and just kind of have some fun doing it this summer. Andy, where can folks keep up with what you've got going on and, uh, that number 13 car? Uh, well, we've got a Facebook racing page. We've got a Twitter racing page. Um, I think it's at AG Racing 13 um, and just really yeah <laughs> we don't we don't have much on the social media scale uh, sure. you'll be able to find us at Tri-City Merritt Mount Pleasant um, come say hi got some t-shirts just I'm happy to meet people so any anyone that wants to stop by and say hi I'll be glad to meet you all right well Andy Galgosi driver that number 13 modified look for him this year at a couple of different places around Michigan as man it's nice to have some options so Andy we appreciate you making time for us and good luck in 2021 hopefully we see you at a racetrack very soon hey thank you very much for having me well a great conversation with Andy Galgosi what a lot of fun uh, that he had down there and glad rich can I say glad to hear a positive review come from somebody from that event because social media was beating him up and, and it was you know I, I was watching on social media and he, and he probably made the right decision like he said uh, don't look at the social media kind of you know get your own opinion of what's going on and it sounds like uh, with him and his family uh, they had a great time down there he just wished he had an extra day and uh, maybe he could have cracked the a main but uh, sounds like he had a great time and it, it's cool he's looking forward to 2021 up here We're having some great conversations tonight, and we'll continue those. Tony Izzo coming up in just a moment, but first, the abbreviated details of what's going on in the coming days. Dirt Track Racing has returned to the Great Lakes region, and we're kicking it off with one of the biggest late model races in the country. This Friday and Saturday, don't miss the 10th annual Thaw Brawl at LaSalle Speedway in LaSalle, Illinois. The best drivers in the country will battle it out for the chance to become a Thaw Brawl champion. Catch twin late model features on Friday, paying $3,000 to win each, along with dirt car modifieds and street stocks. Then on Saturday, $12,000 is on the line when drivers like Chris Simpson, Bobby Pierce, Brian Shirley, Rusty Schleck, and many more battle on the LaSalle play. Grandstands open at 1 p.m. with racing at 6.15. Tickets will be available at the gate. Bring your friends and kick off 2021 with a brawl at the 10th annual Thaw Brawl at LaSalle Speedway. LaSalle Speedway is located just off Interstate 39 on Highway 6. 
Well, there's the event details in the compressed version, Rich. 60 seconds or less. Now let's open that can up a little bit. Let's dive into it. It's become kind of an annual tradition. And we're happy to know that this time around when we talk to Tony Izzo, it's not going to be wondering if COVID is going to get in the way. You'll remember that this was one of the last events that fell off of our radar last year. So, Rich, go ahead and give us that formal introduction. Yep. Well, Zach, we haven't spoken to this gentleman in quite a while. Great to have him back on the show. He's the promoter of the Mars Racing Series presented by Rippet Energy Fuel and the LaSalle Speedway. He's getting ready to kick off his 2021 season in a big way this weekend, uh, which means we get to catch up with him face-to-face. We'll get into all that. Makes his home in Utica, Illinois. Tony Izzo, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me. hope everybody's doing well. Yep. But uh, Tony, a little bit of different outlook for you than one year ago. You must be really excited to kick off your 2021 season um, after the challenges of last year. Absolutely. Um, it, it just, at this time last year, it was such a guessing game. Uh, yeah, I think it got easier once we got more details, obviously, where it was just a matter of what we couldn't, couldn't do. Uh, I don't know that we ever had a really clear notion, um, but things became clearer the longer went on. But a year ago this time, we, you know, it was, it was a complete guessing game. And, you know, and uh, unfortunately, like, like you guys said, we were one of the last ones to fall. Um where we thought we were, I mean, I think it, we got the uh, word that we couldn't do it, I think the week of, or maybe like eight days out, seven, uh, nine days out or something. So we were really close, but um, that's all in the past. Um, you know, last year is what it was and is, and we're going forward with uh, another exciting fall uh, brawl and Mars series with uh, 20, 20 races scheduled on the schedule for the season. Yep. Now we just we just touched on a little bit uh, before you, we brought you on. So coming up this weekend, let's get right into it. Huge event for you to kick off 2021, the tenth annual Thaw Brawl, uh, sanctioned by the Mars Racing Series over at LaSalle Speedway. And uh, Friday night, you guys are going to kick things off with a pair of three thousand dollar to win feature events. That's correct. Um, and you know, there's been a little bit of question: if does that mean? everybody runs two features or does it mean what does it actually mean? And my thought is what it actually means is I want everybody to run a feature. So the answer is no, not everybody will run two features. Uh, we will split them into two features. So um, my thought and feeling was it will allow everybody a chance to run a feature for the weekend. So if we got 50 cars, we'll run 25 in the first one and 25 in the second one. Um, you know, it'd be great to have 50 cars. I don't think this time of the year getting 50 cars is a realistic, but, you know, we've had as many as 48 before, 40, uh, you know, high 40s for this race. So um, I'm shooting for 40 cars. So we'll do twin features of 20 cars each. And then uh, we'll come back on Saturday with the, you know, full program and they main paying 12,000 to win. I didn't see, maybe I overlooked it. Uh, how many laps for the $3,000 to win features? There'll be a pair of 30, uh, 30,000, 30 lap features for 3,000 <laughs> to win 500 to start. 
And make sure all the gotcha. zeros are in the right place, Tony. We don't want anybody looking for extra money. Yeah. And, you know, that's... No, you, you said it was 30000 Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, uh, you know what, Tony? This event always gets me excited because we see drivers come from all over to uh, compete in this thing. You know, Lucas Oil has the weekend off. Nothing really going on yet in Michigan. Um, and this gives an opportunity for those those names that everybody loves to come and watch to come and play in LaSalle. And, and they always put on such a great show, Tony. And I know that that's one thing you take a lot of pride in. Oh, absolutely. Um, we That's one of the really exciting things about this race is who, who's going to roll through the gate. Um, this time of the year, like I say, some guys are hesitant because of the early races or whatever the case may be, but then there's guys that are just itching to go and you'll get guys that show up. But we get a big support from the the Michigan and Wisconsin people and you know the ones that probably feel like they're not going to race at least for another month or so and they want to get get out and uh get going but uh the fans are always constantly asking us you know we get one a day or two a day you know who's coming who's committed and it, it you never know and it's hard to it's really hard to put a list together for them because uh it just it, it, I think it's one of those things that everybody kind of wants to go but they you know, and rightfully so, they, they watch the weather forecast and everything and make a decision uh, later in the week. So there's no there's no telling who, who will be here. But I, like you said, I take a lot of pride in making sure that the race goes well and been working the racetrack for the last three days um, super hard um, with making sure that we got all our um, I's dotted and T's crossed to do the best we can. Because, this, again, this time of the year um, – cool at night and everything moisture bleeds back and we, we definitely want to make sure we got the best surface for guys to race on and the other thing about this tony is that you mentioned it you work this track personally you're not just an event promoter who sits in the office and counts income or counts losses you're out there working that track you're making sure everything's going to the best uh, that you can and for those who don't know tony you're a former racer so you have a level of expectation on how these late model events should go and and you want to meet those well, absolutely. Um, I think a lot of people, uh, you know, I mean, I've heard it, you know, one of the famous lines is you race, you should know better or you race, you wouldn't <laughs> want it like this, you know, type of thing. And, and I have raced, I've raced, I promoted, I've done, I, I've really done it all when it comes to, um, you know, been a fan and is a fan and just, um, so absolutely. Um, we, uh, I, I probably put too much um, stress on myself and the help and everything, worrying about things that I can't control. Uh, Tim McCready one time told me that I was uh, a promoter that promoted with his heart and not his head enough. And I go, oh, well, you would think that'd be a good thing. And he said, yeah, but sometimes you need to, you need to take your heart back out of it a little bit and, and uh, do what's right sometimes and not just what you feel people want you to do and everything else. So I, you know, I, I appreciated that. And I've heard that a few times where, you know, we always, we always push forward and um, do all we can and probably a lot of times stir the pot up with my help and my better half and everything else. But um, it's only for the, because I love it so much and want it to be right. And frankly, like you said, I, I know what it takes to be right. And I just, I want it to go as best as it can. 
So we get through Friday night. Everybody gets to run a feature is the plan on Friday night for 3,000 to win, 30 lap features. Then we come back on Saturday, 60 laps, $12,000 to win. Yeah, that's correct. Um, we uh, we um, may lock some uh, the two. Uh, we, we may do some kind of locking of the um, top three from Friday night. A main into the first uh, six spots of A main on Saturday. I haven't totally figured out if I'm going to do six or four or two or what we're going to do there yet. And, and a lot of that will depend on um, our count. You don't want to do too many. If a guy's playing on just kind of coming Saturday because of work on Friday or whatever, to feel like he's behind eight ball on Saturday. So, but I do want to reward some of the guys who choose to come both days or something, but um, other than that, just, you know, pretty much a run through basic, normal Friday night, Saturday night show. Well, Tony, let's talk about now that we have the details of this year's event, I want to back up just a second here and kind of get the history of this. Ten years later, um, this is the 10th annual time of doing this. Um, when you decided that this was going to be an event 10 years ago, first off, where did this idea come from? And secondly, have you met what you wanted this event to become as far as the size and the reputation that it has uh, for for the Thal Brawl? Wow. <laughs> Uh, I, I hit you with the hard never, question there. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you, you want to be careful how you answer it. Um, first and foremost, it came about because um, there was a time when uh, the Line I 100 at Farmer City and the group at Farmer City and the World of Outlaws and everybody was um, possibly going different directions and they weren't all seeing eye to eye or whatever the case may be. So we were offered the line I 100, um, which is obviously always the weekend after the thaw brawl. So in order to have the race, we have to do a lot of different things around here. Um, with the way we close the racetrack down, the way we reopen it, drainage stuff, different things for opening that early. And the long, the, the short story is, is that, we did all the improvements and things that we needed to do to open early and farmer city and the group world of group and whatever the case may be, however, it went down, decided to, um, actually the year it was going to be here. They canceled out due to weather and, uh, the following year they chose to go back to farmer city. But the moral of the story was we felt like, Hey, we were ready to go. We can open that early. Let's, let's try opening that early. So that's really kind of just, and one of those things was, oh, realistically, the big reason was, and this is 10 years ago. I mean, can you imagine today, but <laughs> was, I felt that was the only real week, you know, you can't find a good weekend right. anymore. And what I mean by good, I mean, good for us where, and good for the fan where they can see, all the best cars as much as they can. Um, you know, I just felt like if you could get something kicked off before all these guys get into local point battles at the racetrack and local point battles in their series are locked in. So my, my, it was just a matter of trying to, um, jump the gun, get ahead of it. And, uh, it's not where I wanted it to be. Um, but 
that's just, again, me never being satisfied. Because if you look back on it, to open this early and this be our 10th one, and we've got all nine A-mains in, the only one we didn't get in was last year, which was COVID. So we're pretty, I'm pretty proud of that. You know, people are like, this is only your ninth. You really, we're actually calling the ninth one COVID the winner. Um, <laughs> You're declaring a winner. Moving forward. Well, yeah, just moving forward just because the the year's, you know, 2021's 10th. You know, it, it, we, if we, we didn't really run the race, but we still did everything to have, you know, did everything yeah. we could or whatever. So that's, I hope that clears up the confusion, but I'm really, I'm really happy with it. It's been supported very well. Um, I, I, you know, obviously again, I look, I always want bigger and better things, but for this to be as successful as it is and as popular as it is at this time of the year is all I could ask for. It's not, that's why it's not a crown jewel or marquee event. It's a very successful, popular event that people like to come to and everything, but so much of it is dictated by the temperatures and weather forecast and whatnot. But like I say, the only one we've ever lost out to was, um, actually we did lose a Saturday night one, one year we got the Friday night. So we've lost twice day main on a, and once to COVID and once to weather. So, um, we push forward and maybe that's a long answer for you there. And that's why I kind of giggled or hemmed hawed at the start because I right. knew it was going to be a, a drug out answer that the answer is, is yes, I'm ex- I'm ecstatic about it because it gets the support it needs and I enjoy doing it, but uh, always wish that it'd be bigger and better for not my, not only myself, but the fans and the drivers. Well, let's talk about the fans. I know you've been working hard um, to make sure that the fan experience is as good as it can be. We, we understand that you're bringing in some vendors and uh, just making sure that the fans know that they can come and have a safe and fun time at the races this weekend. Well, absolutely. And that's, you know, we, uh, last year we did that with the two races that we were able to get in um, with the limited capacity and working with the local health department and everything. We felt it was just best to bring in food vendors who um, have already been working with health departments and different things. And so, yeah, we got plenty of uh, food vendors coming in. We, we've been able to get our liquor license back um, withstanding. So we'll have all the, um, non-alcoholic and alcoholic beverages to offer for the weekend and uh, a lot of little giveaway stuff that, you know, we've been working on with the Mars series and different things like that. I think people will really uh, enjoy coming out and, and finally getting out a little bit and enjoying the fresh air. Now let's, uh, let's touch on the Mars series for a moment. Uh, some big news last mm-hmm. week and today from what I saw last week, you announced Arizona Sports Church to be the official merchandise provider for the Mars Racing Series. And then today, All-Star Performance jumping on board uh, for your Fast Qualifier Award. Uh, pretty good deal for you uh, for the Mars Series as a business. Yes, absolutely. It, it, I, I'm, I'm so thrilled with um, with the Mars Series and the support that that's getting um, and the people that are wanting to come on board to help uh, – make that successful. Um, we had a really trying year last year, but we still were able to get 10 of the 20 races in and, uh, scheduled in. And, and I, I'm pretty happy with it. I know the racers seem really happy with it. You know, it's, it's a really nice little regional thing. 
and I shouldn't say original little, but you know, pretty big regional thing where these guys can race for a good amount of money uh, every weekend or, you know, and, and the one thing that I focused on is not bumping heads with bigger races and everything. So these guys don't have to make a choice. Should I go run the Mars race or should I go run the big race? I work hard at making sure that we work on dates that, uh, don't collide with other stuff. I mean, I won't just take a date, you know, I mean, I've turned down dates at certain racetracks and just explaining to them that I don't want to see them not succeed just so that we can have another race on the schedule. That's how we go. That's our business plan. That's how we go about it is that we work with the promoters to make sure we get them the best possible dates so that we can get them the best possible cars so that their fans are happy. So, um, but so far it's been great. And yeah, I, I mean, I can't think, Arizona sports shirts enough for the great apparel they're putting together. We're going to have a uh, souvenir trailer at every race with the Mars stuff on it. Um, we'll have event shirts this weekend for the thaw brawl that Arizona's doing. And then, um, yes, uh, all-star jump on this week with the fast time award and all the other, I don't have a list in front of me and I, I, I wish I did, but all the other ones that have stepped up to, uh, be a part of what we've been doing for the last year and a half is uh, so appreciative. It allows me to get back to the racer and to the fan. And uh, that's what it's all about. MarsRacingSeries.com for more information and Mars Racing Series on Facebook to follow along with the Mars Racing Series. I saw on Facebook there was a plea to try to get somebody into some sort of Mars creature costume. Uh, are we going to put Tyson in that thing or what do we got going on, Tony? Did we get a, did we get a Mars creature created? He might as well get in that thing because he does everything else. I, <laughs> I, I have been so blessed uh, that we bumped into each other the way we did at PRI and discussed the Mars theory, series in length. And from the minute I started a conversation with him and could see the direction he was wanting to go with possibly taking a, a, dire- a different direction away from just you know, his announcing gigs and some of the other stuff and take a bigger role in a series. And I definitely at that time was looking for exactly that. And I mean, like I say, he does everything and I wouldn't be, there'd be no Mars series without him. I mean, that's honestly the true fact. The guy breathes it, lives it and is passionate, as passionate about it as anybody. And, uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if it ain't him, him doing the announcing in a Mars, Mars, martian outfit if he has to whatever he does for whatever he needs to do for the series he does so it wouldn't surprise me um do we have a definite whether we're going to have it or not i i don't know i'm knowing tyson i'm sure we will now tony let's uh you get a lot of people that uh come to this event like us that travel so this isn't a local event uh, people come from all over the place you have campers coming um for people out of state what uh what restrictions are you guys under uh, that everybody has to know about in the state of Illinois to make sure they come and have a good time this weekend? Um, actually, we're uh, not mandating masks, but are reprimand, uh, what's the word? Recommending. Requesting, recommending, correct. We're not recommending masks. However, they are not mandatory, but we're re- you know recommending that you wear them and then you know, do the best job you can to stay six feet apart. Um, and you know, other than that, I, you know, just use common sense and, uh, 
we're going to block off every other row in the grandstands and, you know, do the things that we need to do um, to make sure people are safe. But uh, they don't need to worry. There'll be, there's plenty of space here to spread out and enjoy themselves. And the people that are traveling, you know, there is a discounted uh, um, race weekend at the Holiday Inn Express in Peru mentioned the Thaw Brawl race and there's a 15% discount for you. That's fantastic. And Tony, the other thing too, lastly here, as we get ready to wrap up is tickets are available at the gate this year. Uh, you won't find tickets online, so you have to commit. You got to come and buy your tickets and uh, show your face. And, and uh, Tony, will, will you be handing out tickets personally at the gate this year? Will we get to see you when we walk in or will you be on the tractor? <laughs> if I can be in both places at the same time, I will, but uh, who knows where I'll be. But yeah, you have to, we, we did away with online sales uh, due to, you know, being not knowing what races were going to get in and get canceled and different things with the COVID and whatnot. So um, we just, it seems to work out better as far as the refund issue and all of that stuff. If you lose a race and this time of the year with the, like I said, with the weather, like it is, you know, it's just easier if we just purchase all tickets at the gate. Well, the good news is that uh, there is a rain date for Sunday if we need it. Every time I check the weather, it looks better and better, and we're still several days out, so uh, we're looking forward to it coming up. Practice day on Thursday, then races start on Friday, and the big show on Saturday. It's the Mars Racing Series season opener in the 10th annual Fall Brawl at LaSalle Speedway, and we hope to see you there. Rich and I will be there. We'll be uh, covering it for you on Horsepower Happenings if you can't make it. And then, uh, Tony, is there a pay-per-view option this year? Yes, uh, Flow, Flow uh, Motorsport, FlowSports.com, I believe. I, I don't know their exact, uh, but it, it's on Flow Racing. I think we're looking for FlowRacing.tv is where you'll be looking. Let me see okay. here. I can check it right now. I'm at the computer. FlowRacing.tv will get you close enough, and then you can find it and uh, watch it pay-per-view if you can't make the trip to Illinois. So, uh, Tony, we appreciate right. making time tonight, and, uh, hey, we'll look forward to seeing you on Friday. Okay, guys, look forward to it. And once again, thank you for everything you do, and thank you to the fans, and uh, look forward to a great weekend. Well, we appreciate Ed, Andy, and Tony all joining us here tonight. Uh, what a loaded show, and Rich, we're not done. The upcoming calendar actually has things on it this week. Let's go. What do we got? Well, we... We, 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 I think we covered it quite a bit. Uh, I can't wait to get out there at the end of the week with the Thaw Brawl. We're going to head out there and get some dirt racing done. Um out, out at LaSalle Speedway uh, in LaSalle, Illinois. Looking forward to that. And uh, if you want to go back, get Attica Raceway Park back in action this weekend. 410 Sprints and UMP Late Bottles also on the card. And then, uh, don't forget, coming up in, is it one week? Are we just one week out right now from the uh, All-Star Circuit of Champions coming in to the uh, Attica Raceway Park? I know we got to get through this weekend. No. Uh, we'll be the player hater next week, uh, next weekend. Hold on. Let me get my dates together. Player hater next weekend, the second and third, as we told you earlier in the show, then the ninth and 10th at Attica, the all-star circuit of champions, plus ARCA CRA 25th season opener at Anderson Speedway. And then the CRA junior late models, the CRA street stocks, the CRA, um, late model sportsmen all going to be at the Cabin Fever event on April 11th at Kill Care. So we're just a week away, Rich, from just firing them off, boom, 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 on all cylinders. 
Yep, and then and then if we look a little further, which we'll look more next week, April seventeenth, a, a bunch of races starting to kick off around the Great Lake Great Lakes region, and uh, then it'll be the last we see of each other for a while until <laughs> <till> September. <laughs> Well, watch the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We've got a whole bunch coming up this weekend as we hit the road for the first time in 2021 officially. I know Rich has done some things sporadically, and uh, now, though, this is full-blown coverage, folks. So look for it Friday and Saturday from the Fall Brawl. See behind the scenes on what's going on. Get behind-the-scenes content, including interviews, pictures, videos, and, of course, we'll have more of that content for you coming up next Monday, same time, same place, right here. Horsepower Happenings for Scott Menlin, who uh, pays the bills for Horsepower Happenings. For Rich France, my co-host, I'm Zach Heiser. Thanking you for tuning in, and we'll see you Friday at LaSalle Speedway. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.